Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. Today, the boys and I talked about the Lions ownership change, baseball coming back, and the hire of Troy Reaver as the Pistons GM. Then, Mitch joined us, and we talked about Return of the Jedi, and then Mitch, Brett, and I ranked our top five favorite East Lansing bars. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not being called, I don't, shit. Fuck, God damn it! I didn't come up with the funny intro beforehand, and now I'm stuck doing this. What, you went, you went Twitter famous. Yeah, that didn't. We're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> we're we're going to put X on the on the Ed Thray. Um, I'm Spartan Dog ninety seven. Um, I'm here with the boys, Babe and Lucas. <laughs> uh, what's going on, boys? Uh, just excited for a great podcast. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, a lot going on in the world. A lot of exciting developments in the life of the world of Bacon Wire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to have Mitch on and we're going to discuss Return of the Jedi. And then we're going to rank East Lansing bars. So that's going to be fun. I need to start with a rant, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, so listen. The TikTok teens have been doing a lot of good stuff, all right? They've been bashing millennials, which is funny. Did you guys see that? Like a couple of weeks ago, this TikTok went viral because a bunch of teens were roasting millennials. Where it was, no. it was like, um, it was some TikTok about being a millennial and like a bunch of Zoomers. Lucas does not look happy right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing something else real quick for my new job, so I'm just I'm listening. But okay, I'm I'm here. I'm just I'm listening. I know you're a millennial, so I know you're kind of. I'm you barely know. a millennial. Okay, well, here's the. Well, it was like some TikTok about being a millennial. I didn't even see the original TikTok, but the comments were just teens just bashing millennials. Like one of them was like, "Millennials be 32 talking about I'm a Hufflepuff." Grow the fuck up and do a line of cocaine, Samantha. <laughs> Just shit like that. And then they reserved, like, they reserved a bunch of tickets for the Trump rally and, like, and, like thought that they needed to build, like, an overflow stage. And then they had to, like, deconstruct the overflow stage and only, like, 6,200 people showed up. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But, like, they're on this tear now where they're, like, recasting, like, classic 80s movies, like, Brat Pack, John Hughes 80s movies. And all they casted them are Tom Holland and the Stranger Things kid. Like I saw one today for recasting The Breakfast Club. Let me pull it up. But I saw one. Uh, the one I remember was they recast Ferris Bueller, cast Tom Holland as Ferris, Zendaya as Sloan, and the 13 Reasons Why kid is as Cameron. And then this one is The Breakfast I can Club. Do that. And it has Sadie Sink, the redhead from Stranger Things. One of the kids, the kid from It, who was the Nazi shithead in Knives Out. I forgot his name in It. Oh. Uh, Billy from Stranger Things is Bender. And then um, some girl, I, she's the, if you guys watch Atypical on Netflix, the sister from Atypical is Allison. 
And then as Andrew, they cast John Boyega. Like, what the fuck? John Boyega's like 35 years old. You're casting age accurate for everyone else, and then you're just going to have a 35-year-old play Andrew? <laughs> and then they're like, and then Robert Downey Jr. is the principal. And that's the other thing. Every adult, every adult in these recast 80s movies is either Robert Downey Jr. or Neil Patrick Harris. Like, the Ferris Bueller one had, um, had Neil Patrick Harris as the principal. Like, what the fuck? Like, figure out new people to play. It's like this flow chart. Can you cast an MCU actor in this role? No? What about a Stranger Things kid? No? <laughs> what about a Star Wars? What about someone from the Star Wars movies? No, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, no. If no, 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> I mean, that... What's his name? Dylan Minnette? He looks yeah. like He looks like Cameron, but... He's a I, good actor. I don't watch that show. My Cassie's watching it again, and I watched I'm like, it. so you're watching it again? Like she watched it once. <laughs> yeah, that's an experience you want to revisit. <laughs> yeah, like this morning we both got up at the same time, and she's like, uh, she wants to watch The Politician season two, and she's like, oh, it's too early to start that. Thirteen reasons why. First thing in the morning. It's too, like, it's too early for a Ryan Murphy show, but not too early about for a show about suicide. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I right, folks? Light suicide. <laughs> and also, Lucas, you know, I save LCB for when I'm working. Yeah. So when they got to the Borat conversation, I nearly shit my oh. pants. I almost cut my leg <laughs> on the lawnmower when they got to the Borat conversation. I was like, like when Trill was like, I, you can't save my wife anymore. I about drove off the highway. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my God. Troll Ballads, listener of the Bacon Wire podcast. <laughs> All right. So now that I'm done with my TikTok teen rant, let's get <laughs> into the pod. Um, so let's start with baseball. So this is a story we've been following for a few weeks. Um, as of right now, it looks like the owners kind of got their way. Uh, they'll be playing a 60-game season. I believe they're going to report for spring training July 1st and the season's going to begin July 24th. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to, the players are going to receive full prorated salaries. And then I believe that they're still doing universal DH. So okay. basically everything the owners wanted, they got, they just have to pay them for 15 more games. Okay, so well that, so who's going to win the world series, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros or Nationals or the Nationals, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I think whoever. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be some. Yeah, yeah. I think the Yankees are going to win. It's just going to be so pitching dominated, and they probably have the best pitching. I, I don't really know. I haven't really followed yeah. baseball that closely. I'm sure Chris Castellani like came in his pants as soon as he saw that it was confirmed last night. The earth is now healing officially. Really for him to have his baseball back, you know, a bunch of all other shit going on, and he's worried about baseball, and I was really worried about him, so I'm, I'm truly thrilled he's got what he wants in life now. So yeah. um, what should the Tigers do? I mean, what the fuck? Five? Like, do, you, do you tank? I, have, I, th I, think, yo, the yes, move, I yes. think the move is to tank. I yeah, think the move is to just suck. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what are the benefits from being even, like, average? You What, you get the eighth pick instead of the first pick? And, I mean, you have two of the top five prospects in baseball with Casey Mize 
and then you have Spencer Torkelson. So just let those guys simmer in the minors. Don't rush them up. Don't rush the other pitchers up. And then there's a superstar pitcher out of Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker, who's oh. going to be the first pick next year. As soon as you get him, then you have four – you're going to have four number one pitchers on your in your minor league system that are going to be ready by 2022, 2023, depending on potential lockout. Then you got Spencer Torkelson. So I don't see why the Tigers should be aimed to go one in 59. Yep. That would be yeah. the goal. Yeah. I mean, if you're not the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, or, or the Nationals, I'm not really sure what incentive there is for you to win. Because if this World Series is going to have an asterisk on it, so I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the angle is for teams like the Tigers, who are actively rebuilding. You know, 60 games isn't enough to get isn't enough to get young guys experience, and it's not it. And they're not playing a minor league season, so it's not like you can call these guys up. So your options are one. Just have all your top prospects play minor league baseball for 60 games and lose, potentially use that year of control in, in their contract, which no team is going to be willing to do. Or you try to compete and then you go just below 500 and miss out on a generational prospect or you, or everyone tanks. So I think there's, there's a scenario where, of the 30 teams, 26 might try to be actively tanking. Yeah, and we can do it the best just based off the lack of skill. <laughs> like, even, if they, even if they try, they're going to be in the, like, the top 10. The Detroit, That's how bad they are. The Detroit Tigers are finally positioned to do something right in baseball for the first time in eight years. <laughs> yeah, I got I to say, I would say three of our four teams, they have a very solid plan, especially I think the Tigers are executing it the best right now. Um, which is crazy. Unbelievable. Nuts. Nuts. I still don't trust Alavila, but I have to give the guy credit. He had a good draft. Yeah. Avila took well, the no-brainer pick. To. That's more than I can say yeah. for, for most, <laughs> for most Detroit GMs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because it's sports, but yeah, uh, I, the Tiger, I really hope they don't fuck this up. Cause like Sheehan, Sheehan, you're my boy. If you listen, but your your top your thing about the Tigers fifteen games in if they're kicking ass go for it, no. No. Don't like if you're fifteen and zero, you're pretty much screwed with getting. What, you're not going to get the number one pick. You know what I mean? You, you're you're SOL if you're fifteen and zero somehow to start this season or fourteen and one. So you, I mean, I guess go for it. But I would be so pissed off if they decide to call everybody up and go for it with a sixty win. 60 game season. Although this would be the year that they'd won a World Series out of all the missed opportunities, they just somehow <laughs> lucked their way into winning a championship. Just with every, just like say so many people get COVID or get hurt, you know there could be some crazy ass team that makes the playoffs as a wild card and wins it. Like we never expected, we never expected the Nationals to do what they did. I mean they were a good team, but they kind of came out of nowhere. I mean here's the thing with the 60 game season. I think. <sighs> Through 60 games last year, the Nationals were like 13 and 47. Mm-hmm. Like they were like ass. Yeah, they were bad. They were terrible. And like they won the World Series. So like that's why that's why like that's where I'm at because it's like it's either going to be the Yankees, the one of the teams who are like positioned to start the season strong, 
mm-hmm. are going to be the teams who win because there's not going to be enough time for a middling or a struggling team to get their shit together. They're just going to fall apart. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Yeah. From one disappointing franchise to another, uh, <laughs> the Detroit Lions have a semi-change in ownership. Uh, Martha Firestone Ford is stepping away from day-to-day operations from the team. And her daughter, Sheila Ford Hamp, is taking over as the is taking over in her role as prior as um primary or I, I forget what they called it. Some, she's the owner of the team now, basically. <laughs> um, I kind of, the, the feeling are, is, is that it's kind of been a move that's been coming for a while now. Um, I felt like they've had that statement. They've had that tweet in the drafts for like 18 months and you know, it's no slight against Martha Ford. I mean, I, I would not, being at 90, living at 94 sounds like a terrible existence. I can't imagine how painful doing anything is at 94 years old. Like, can you imagine walking at 94 or like nope. breathing? No, nope. I'm, I'm 20, 27. And sometimes it, it hurts to get up in the morning. I can't imagine 70 years from now doing the same thing and trying to run an NFL team. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Martha Ford, but fuck also being 94, 89 will be my last birthday on earth. I don't care. I am not being 90 years old. I don't fuck it. Fuck that. I am not going to be 90 years old. I just want to be the oldest living human on earth for maybe like a day. That, yeah. That's one of my, that's bucket list items. Yeah. Give me my 117th birthday. And then I'll just at 1159. I'm just out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn I'll turn 117 at midnight and then 1202. I'm pull the plug. Yeah, I'm off to the next. I'm off to the next gig. I'm not <laughs> I'm not fucking I'm not living a day past past 90. Fuck that. But, you know, I I have the feeling that Sheila has kind of been running the franchise on a day-to-day basis for kind of a while now. Yeah. Um you know, I'm not sure how integral, how integral Martha's voice was um, in the past couple of years. Although I do have a feeling that we're going to get fucked in the ass. Because here's what's going to happen. Sheila's going to want to make a splash. So Quinn and Patricia, I'll tell you guys right now, whether they, unless they win the division, they're fired. They're not coming back next year. So they're under orders to not tank and to secure and to compete for playoff contention. Right. And now that incentive, that incentive to go, okay, we competed and, you know, we're kind of out of it. So now we need to compete for like a top seven, six picks so we can get Justin Fields. That's out the window because they're going to go, fuck you. Why would we set up the next guy with a better pick? No. And we're going to go eight and eight and get fucked. Yeah. And we're going to miss out on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And And Trey Lance. Yeah. And don't be surprised if Quinn trades our, our 2021 first round pick. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned just based off of looking at their schedule. I don't have it memorized off the top of my head, but it first five or six weeks, uh, 
including the bye. Like it, you're going to start like two and four, one and five. It's just an absolutely brutal stretch. And this team with the with the win now mandate, which is ridiculous, they're going to absolutely go for it in any manner possible. Um, yeah, I just don't see us being in a position. We're not making the playoffs. I can I can promise Lions fans if there's any around that that will not be happening. But ultimately, what this team needs to do, they should have taken two of this year. They they botched that. What they need to do this upcoming season is position themselves in a way that they're going to acquire a generational talent. But with the win-now mandate, which is a ridiculous thing and to give to a GM who's basically on the hot seat, it's just it, – it's a lion. It's typical Lions. They're going to absolutely just screw themselves out of a generational player. Yep. And, and you know, that – there are a ton of there are a ton of questions, you know. Um, I said this in our post draft episode, you know. Um, all these teams try to acquire Patriot assistants, people in the front office, trying to replicate the Patriot way. But I'll tell you right now, the Patriot way begins and ends with Bill Belichick. The longer that Patricia is away from New England, the more I believe that Patricia was only there to watch film. Well, and to be like, and to be Belichick's film buddy, because when he breaks down film, he sounds like a genius. Yeah, I mean that was the video that was going around when he first got hired. Was that video of him breaking down the Jenkins interception in the in the Super Bowl against Seattle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was like, oh my god, we're getting like such a great mind. <laughs> and then he won like nine games in two seasons. And so, he has that he stick sucks. of the pencil in his. Uh... Too. Yeah, I just don't this laminate paper. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get it. You know, I the first season I'm willing to give him a pass because he was stuck with Jim Bob Cooter. You know, when you're you want to bring in your guys when you get hired. Yeah, and but so you get rid of Jim Bob Cooter, right? There are plenty of young, exciting coordinators, and you pick Daryl Blevel. Who well, he did a great job. I mean, yeah, but. He's a run-first coordinator with a guns with a gunslinger quarterback. I mean, that's like trying to fit that's like trying to fit shotgun shells in a forty-five. You know what I mean? It's why would you do that? So, whatever happens this year, short of winning the division, Quinn and Patricia are gone. It's it's going to have to be winning the division because we could say uh, the NFC East is or South is going to take two spots with probably the Saints winning the division and um, the Buccaneers will probably sneak in as a wild card team. And NFC East, I think it's going to be one team. NFC West is probably going to take two because between the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, you're going to have those three for the division. Even the Cardinals are probably going to make a surge. So that the Lions have to win the division. Unless there's some teams that just suck ass out of the blue, which is not going to happen. Yeah, I just I, I mean, you got to compete with a team. You got here's here's what the Lions have in their division. They have the Packers, who are fresh off an NFC Championship game appearance with the pissed off Aaron Rodgers. You have a Minnesota Vikings team that I think had a great draft and great offseason. And I think that they're finally that Kirk that they're finally building a team to fit Kirk's needs and what he does well as a quarterback. And then you have 
Chicago, who, you know, they ha- they regressed last year, but they bring in Nick Foles. And, you know, I think Nagy, Nagy's a good coordinator and he's a good offensive mind. I think that the Bears are going to, f- are kind of, are kind of going to level out. You know, I don't think they're going to be 12 and four, but I, you know, I think they're, I think they're going to compete for that wild cards for that wild card spot. So where does that leave us? It leaves us in an incredibly shitty situation. And I'm not, I want football to come back. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'm not looking forward to watching the lines every Sunday. So that's just, it, it's not, it's not what you want. I just want them right. to win one for my father-in-law, who's like, he bleeds Honolulu blue. Like, if he if they won a Super Bowl, it'd be a top three moment with his kids and getting married. Like, that would be. I just want it for him. Yeah. And, you know, with all these coaches rotating in and out, it's you know, it's impossible. I feel, feel kind of. I don't feel bad, but it's like you know the Rams sucked ass way more than the Lions did for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden they hire McVay and they were about a half away from winning a Super Bowl. You know, he got so much closer in two seasons, they turned from shit to really good. Mm-hmm. And the Lions just kind of teeter-totter that line, you know, the playoff game in Dallas. And then now here we are. Yeah. Well, like my, my whole thing is with the NFL, people always argue, oh, it's going to take a massive rebuild. No, it doesn't. You look at all these teams that are competing for Super Bowls and, uh, coming out of nowhere, they build their rosters in either two or three years and with their young coach. So, like, you look at the 49ers, year three, they go to the Super Bowl and they almost uh, they almost win it. I mean, you look at Philadelphia, they get Carson Wentz, then they had Foles come in, you had Doug Peterson, Patrick Mahomes year two. I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson. I, I'm just looking at all the NFL logos, and it seems like even Chicago, first year of Matt Nagy, like, they – Go thirteen and three. I mean, they lose their first playoff game, but everybody claiming that oh, it takes time to build a culture, it takes time to do this. They're full of shit. And no, it doesn't. You just got to get the right coach in place. You got to get your quarterback, and just roll from there. I think Patricia too took the wrong lessons from Bell- from the Patriot culture. <coughs> you know, that's the thing coming out of players who have left was that Patricia was just unnecessarily a hard ass. And, like, the thing is, Belichick can act like that because he's won, Mm -hmm. right? Six Super Bowls earned you a lot of clout with a lot of players who are willing to adapt to your system so that they can win a Super Bowl. When you're winning eight games or nine games in two seasons, you have a lot less leash with these people. You know, I, you, you know, ooh, they get, you know, the fucking prissy pants. Ooh, they get paid money. They get paid millions of dollars a year. They should behave however they're going to end them to behave. The fucking 97 one callers. But here's the thing, right? It's still a fucking job, right? If your <laughs> boss is an asshole to you, what do you not like your, you know, do you, do you not like going into work if your boss is an asshole? I don't like going into work if my boss is an asshole. No. I didn't like going into work where, where I had bosses where they were assholes. No. Why is that any different for NFL players? It's not. No, be. it's not. And especially if you're not, and especially if you're not performing because of him. Right. So I, I mean, this season, it's, 
it's another lost season, right? And normally we at least get five weeks of, oh, maybe they can do it, you know? But, like, right now, June 23rd, I'm already declaring it a lost season. Yeah, yeah. and, well, my, one of my biggest concerns is that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they're going to use COVID as their built-in excuse. Like, last year, they should have been fired after last year, but they had the Stafford excuse of, oh, he – he was out for X number of games. Now they're definitely going to use this COVID excuse. And this is where I'm worried about Sheila Hamp Ford having that Ford in her name because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So I'm fully expecting the Lions to go 5-11. and 11. They're somewhat – because they want to be competitive um, with the extended playoff field that that might be going on until November sometime that they go on a five-game losing streak or whatever. And then – Fat Patricia and Bob Quinn, they make their case of, hey, we deserve to come back. We had COVID. We had to deal with this. We had to implement, get Stafford back in the fold. So I, I can't really – and I don't even know who they would hire as the next coach. This is just – it's a very grim situation for the Detroit Lions. I mean, here's, here's my short list. Um, Albert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, I think he would be a – uh, I think he would be a solid choice. He's a Michigan guy. He's from Dearborn. So I think he would be kind of like a – I think he would be a solid choice. I mean, he built he built the 49ers defense in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> so I think, I think he'll be a good choice. Um, I don't have – I made a short list. I don't have it on me. But, yeah, I mean, that would – he would be my number one choice. I mean, if we're going to – if we're going to build on defense and, you know, if we're going to have Okuda in, in the fold, I think that would be a, I think that would be a great choice going forward would be, would be Salah as, and then after that, you know, Eric I'd, Bien-Ami. yeah, Eric Bianami. Oh my great. God, great. That, that's um, my number one choice. He's the Ravens OC, right? Chiefs. 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 He's, he's the main architect of what Pat Mahomes has become. Yeah, yeah, I can't. The Andy Reid coaching tree. I mean, right. which has experienced a ton of success. I mean, Peterson, yeah. uh, Nagy. Nagy. Um, I believe wasn't. Um, well, I mean, Shanahan like is literally from a is literally from a different coaching tree. But didn't Shanahan coach under Andy Reid for a little bit? I'm gonna look, but yeah, uh, I be- I believe Quinn did too. John Harbaugh. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, Childress, um, McDermott, Pe- Peterson, yeah, Peterson, Todd Bowles. Uh, not, not, I mean, he was okay. Pat Shermer, oof. Yeah, not, not so good there. I like Pat Shermer, but not a good head coach. Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach. Damn, he's – that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like um, – Matt Holmgren's coach, coaching tree. Mike Holmgren, excuse me. Mike Holmgren's coaching tree way back in the day. He had so many – he had Andy Reid, he had John Gruden, he had um, – shit, there's so many other good guys on that Packers staff that I, can, that I can't remember right now. Yeah, I would, I would like um, – Greg Roman is the name of the Ravens offensive coordinator. Yeah. I think if we got him and Justin Fields, I think – Justin Fields, I think that would be a – I think that would be an awesome combo to go forward with. Yeah. Go Lions. <sighs> forward down the field, baby. Jeff, like Brett said, Jeff Bezos 
probably has a billion dollars in cash sitting around in his pocket and come by the lines and make it Amazon prime field. That'd be yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. the other thing about this whole ownership bullshit too. Is like, why is everyone so paranoid that Bezos or if anyone else buys the team, they're going to move them. It's not going to happen. It's no. not going to ha- people underestimate the Detroit market. Like it's a money making machine. The lions are, they're not moving to London. Like, yeah, let's move the, the trash ass lions and there's zero championships to London. That's not the franchise you're going to move there. I mean, it, it is still an historic franchise. They're not moving out of Detroit. It's not, it's not happening. The I, only people, place they could have moved, they're not going to move to St. Louis. No. And they're not going to move to San Diego. No NFL team is going to move to St. Louis or San Diego in the next 15 years. Maybe nope. San Diego if they get a stadium built. I think San Diego, yeah. San Diego. But it's not going to be the Lions. No, it's not going to no. be the Lions. It'll be I the Jaguars. There's five teams. That- It'll be the Chargers. <laughs> They'll come back. Yeah, I mean, may as well. You've got six, seven teams that are that would move before the Lions would. It's right. not happening. Yeah, it's just not. And that, yeah, and the fan base they're more concerned about the Lions, and they're less than one percent chance of relocating in the next thirty years. That's what they're concerned about. Not their trash ass franchise winning one playoff game since JFK got assassinated. That's not what they're worried about. And you know what? I want the fucking Lions to move. Please grant me a release from this. <laughs> If the Lions announce a move at 8 a.m. on a Monday, by 9.30 on that same day, there's a confirmation email sent to me from NFL Shop confirming my order of a Lamar Jackson jersey. <laughs> like, please, 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 please move the team. My, my father-in-law will instantly dump them. Like, instant. Because when he first met me, he's like, how come you're a Rams fan, but you're a Detroit fan of everything else? And I explained it to him, and he understood. But he's pretty much said if they ever move the Lions, he's fucking done. He's, he's yeah. going to watch football, but he's not going to be a fan anymore. Yeah, please. He doesn't have to worry about it. Please no, move they're the not moving. Team. They're They're the second – I mean, the Red Wings, Tigers, and Lions, they're all 100% set here forever. We are stuck with them. I mean, if any team is going to move, it would be the Pistons. And Pistons will – Nope, it's never going to happen. Tom Gores is going to keep them here. No. Yeah, so, I don't think we have to worry about – Detroit's that. safe. I don't think we have to worry about any of the four teams moving. I mean, I think no. that's – No. That's like a scare thing that people get all worked up about. If there, if there still wasn't a team in Vegas, I would say that that's a possibility. But, I mean, yeah. the real only place – that you could think of moving a team to right now is San Antonio. And even they don't have an NFL ready stadium to move into. So not only are you talking about a $2 billion investment to buy the team, you're also talking about another, you know, you're at least going to spend $500 million on the stadium, depending on how, depending on how generous the city of San Antonio is and to get you to build it. So you got to buy out the lease at Ford Field. Right, and it's you got to buy out your dollar lease. Yeah, you got to buy out the lease at Ford Field, and Not then, and then you got to get twenty nine of the thirty two owners to agree to move. Not happening. Not happening. Vegas, <laughs> and if you're a new owner, especially if you're Jeff Bezos, who runs this tech company, who is trying to fuck up the bag for the TV money, you're not doing that. Nope. But I think the more likely scenario is someone like Steve Ballmer jumping in and buying him because he's from the Detroit area. He grew up in Farmington Hills. I think that's way more likely than Jeff Bezos buying the yeah, team. Yeah, him or uh, him or Dan Gilbert. Gilbert. 
Yeah. yeah. Gilbert, I, I mean, somebody said on Twitter today, Gilbert hasn't discussed or he said publicly he doesn't want to buy the Lions. That's, that's all bullshit. bullshit. If an NFL team goes up for sale, like that's like, like they're all, they're all accounting losses, right? Because that's mm-hmm. all, because they all want to like show that they're losing money so that they can get new stadiums tax free or, you know, get, get their stadiums paid for or whatever. But stadiums, but owning a owning a owning a sports franchise is like the ultimate. All these guys are dick measurers. Like yeah. all billionaires met, are are in a pissing contest with each other. And owning an NFL team is something one of only thirty two people on planet Earth get to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the ultimate chip. So if one of those teams go, if the lines go up for sale, they're getting two billion dollars. Yeah. So I Easy. don't care what Forbes values the team at, it's $2 billion. Minimum. Minimum. That's with, like, one suitor. Yeah. There's no – like, teams don't go up for sale often, and NFL teams really don't go up for sale often. Right. I mean, the last team to go up for sale only <laughs> went up for sale was because the owner was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and Detroit has a – I mean, we, we joke about the fan base, but the fan base is so loyal to a fault. That any owner coming in, they, they're guaranteed sellouts. You can't even get season tickets. So, you're I mean, guaranteed you're, you're 15 guaranteed years. a profit. You're guaranteed 15 years of goodwill if you buy the Detroit Lions. You're guaranteed 15 years of no questions, no sell the team bullshit. You're guaranteed 15 years. And you can build a championship contender in 15 years and then tear it all down and rebuild and be mildly competent. Yeah. And t- and the city will love you for it. You, you can't fake passion like the Lions fans have. No, you sure <laughs> you sure can't. <laughs> honk honk. So uh, we're just going to continue this. Um, we didn't talk about it last week, but uh, does Tom Gores actually care about like building a competitive basketball team? No, because yes. well, between no. between dumping Andre Drummond and the signing of Troy Reaver, Troy Reaver who was kind of who learned at the hand of uh, what's the name of the Oklahoma city GM, Sam Presti, Sam Presti. And who basically built the Oklahoma city thunder. I mean, he's the guy who drafted Katie Harden and Westbrook mm-hmm. and Serge Ibaka and Steven Adams. You know, I think, you know, the Pistons are going to be kind of on a good path. I'm not sure where, where we're at lottery position wise right now. I know we didn't really good top five. Top five position. We're guaranteed top five? No, they're, they're, they have like a – I don't know the actual percentages, but we're in the top five odds. Okay. Mm. Okay. But I, I do think somebody's gotten in the ear of Tom Gores because the longest time he's been on that playoff push, just kind of mantra. But then he hired Arn Tellum, who is one of the biggest super agents in the history of sports. He's been in his ear. And then they, uh, they hired – I can't – Ed Stefanski who's been an architect of some teams. He's been Tom Gores' ear. And then the hiring of Troy Weaver. I have been a Tom Gores hater. I'm still skeptical of him overstepping his boundaries. But the move he made to hire Troy Weaver is probably one of the most important. And I, I can't even think of how long it's been since the Pistons made a move like this to get a legitimate upcoming talent in the front office. I mean, we, I we've think- never had it. I think Larry Brown was the last genuinely exciting move the Detroit Pistons made. Yeah. That's fair. Absolutely. 
Um, now Charlie Villanueva. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what they do with Blake's contract this summer. Mm-hmm. Because as far as I know, he has three years left. Two. Two. And yeah. the Clippers backloaded his contract. So I think he's getting close <laughs> to like $35, $40 million a year these next two years. I'm not sure if there's any kind of – I'm not sure if there's any kind of buyout clause or a way we can get out of it without just taking stupid, without taking the stupid dead cap hit. It'd be crazy. I forgot that Lawrence Frank was the Pistons head coach for like two years. Oh, yeah, there was that yikes. weird, they fired Flip Saunders too early. Yeah. RIP. And then, um, yeah, rip. big rip, big major rip to Flip Saunders. Yeah. And they just... And they just kind of went through, like, they were hiring new coaches, like, every two years, and, like, none of them stuck. Mo Cheeks got fired during a practice. They brought in John Cooster in the second week. The players just went on strike for a day. <laughs> Staged a walkout during practice. It just <laughs> – That was crazy. John, Cheeks was replaced by John Lawyer interim. And then Stan Van Gundy was hired. Oh, the Wout. Build the a fucking the wall. wall. You got to build a fucking wall. Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> 100. Oomph emoji. Well, I think, I think that was the worst possible time to hire from the old boys. When we hired Stan Van Gundy, that was the worst possible time to hire from the old boys club. Yes. Yeah. Like former coaches. Because – the game was the game literally was about to change <laughs> like and Detroit just got left in the dust and they've never adapted um you know i was pretty excited about the Dwayne Casey hire you know yeah me too i don't think it speaks it doesn't speak awesome that someone was able to come in and win a championship in the first year without him yeah that was really but they did sucks. add they did add a top 3 player Right. So it wasn't like they took the core that was already there and won like Kerr did with like Kerr did with um Mike Brown. Right. Or you mean um not Mike Brown, uh Steven Jackson. No, fuck. What's his name? God. Mark Jackson. Mark, Mark Jackson. Almost there. There it is. Brett, that's why we added you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I, Mark Jackson should never get an NBA coaching job again. <laughs> like, well, okay, you knew Stan Van was going to suck when he chose the Pistons over the Warriors. Like, hey, which right. one do you want? Do you want to do you want to be the head coach of the Warriors yeah. or the Pistons? He's like, you know what? Let me go to Detroit. I, That's I think fucking Bob. I think Van Gundy would have a couple rings if he were the Warriors. <laughs> I don't think they would have won. I don't think they would have won shit. No, I think no. it would have gotten one. Because I think, I think Kerr, I Kerr, the reason the Warriors are so successful is because Kerr is forward-thinking and willing, yeah. to, willing to adapt to the culture around but the players that he has. People and Stan Van right. just wants to play his game. Dumb. You know, Nick, I think Nick, I have a theory about Stan Van. What's, what's your what theory? What was that, Lucas? What's that? No, I I have a theory. So right after the draft, I forgot which year it was, but the Pistons chose Stanley Johnson over Devin Booker. I remember Drew that draft. Sh- yeah, Drew Sharp was in the paper all week, all month, all offseason saying, take Devin Booker, this guy's going to be a star, this is who the Pistons need. We take Stanley Johnson, and like 48 hours later, Drew Sharp's dead. So I have a theory that Stan Van Gundy killed Drew Sharp. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
That was a final nail in the coffin. Stan Van, Stan Van Gundy invited, uh, invited Drew Sharp over to his house. It was like when Joe Pesci got whacked in Goodfellas. <laughs> he walks in, there's just a fucking shitty rug on the ground. He goes, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Killed him. Uh, I mean, I, I think about it all the time. Like, I think about random sports shit, like lucking into a title or like backing into it. Like mm-hmm. Nick Nurse is the, is the new head coach of the Raptors. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like two weeks later, um, his GM calls him and was like, Hey, I got Kawhi Leonard. And <laughs> they, they, they went, they, you know, they were really fucking good. They won the championship and against the team that, you know, was the best, was the greatest. Yeah. And like, you know, back when the Red Wings lost in 2009, uh, the Penguins fired Michelle Terrian, their head coach, and Dan Blysma coached like the last couple months and they fucking won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, you know, like th- those those kind of moves just like intrigue me. Just thinking about that that weird ass sports stuff. Yeah, even the Blue St. Louis Blues this past season, they kind of oh, yeah. had a Nationals thing where they were in last place in the NHL going into the All Star game. Then they come out, they hire Craig Berube as their coach, and they win the Stanley Cup. So it yeah. sometimes it just takes like a minor little tweak. Hopefully like Michigan smart. State. Yeah, hopefully Michigan State can do that with uh, our Lord and Savior Mel Tucker. Oh, that's uh. <laughs> That's yeah, hard. listen, we're not going to talk about college football this year because all it's going to do is get me sad because yeah, I'm going to let you guys in on a little something something. We're not getting it. It's no, not, we're not. We're happening. not. We're not getting college football. So, um, no. major rip. Major rip. Major rip to the 2020 um, NCAA football season, and major rip to like 60 athletic departments across Hot the take. country. Hot Colorado. Take. The directional schools in Michigan are legitimately fucked. The directional, yeah. like, they're all, leg- Western's they're all in, legitimately fucked. Western's in big trouble. Like, they're a, uh, you know, it's all throughout the news here in, in Kalamazoo area, but, like, my work, they're one of our clients, and they are, they had to cancel their services. Like, they're really fucking screwed right now. They are in big trouble. Yeah, Central's, uh, Central's fucked. I mean, Central has billions of dollars in debt, just mm-hmm. billions, because they've been trying to, like, They've been trying to like get away from like their party school reputation and they're just, they're going to be sunk. Hot take NBA is not finishing the season. I I wouldn't say that. I, it's not going to be in Orlando. I think they're going to try to audible audible Hmm. to a place that has, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say Vegas either. I think I, I think New York's done such a good job keeping it under control. I think there's a case to be made where you can do it at MSG and Barclays. Yeah, Barclays. Mm. That'd be great. And you might get away with it. And you, you could even use like St. John. Well, St. John's. Does St. John's play at MSG or do they have their own? They have their own, I think. I think they play once in a while at MSG. Okay. Yeah, and you could maybe even use the rack. Um, the rack at Rutgers. You know? Mm. Um, and that might be kind of perfect for basketball because like you get to have your NBA finals at like the Mecca, the Mecca quote unquote of basketball. So yeah, I mean the NBA season's going to happen is I don't think it's going to happen in Orlando. I think Orlando, I think Florida's Florida's fucked. Florida is Florida's long-term fucked. Here's a crazy question. Just uh, popped up in my head. Cause I know LeBron <laughs> is like, probably ready to go and went and try to get this championship. What if he gets diagnosed with COVID? Would they try to hide it? Um, 
Mm. I don't know if you. I don't know how you could hide something like that. I know, you know what? Just, you can see Adam Silver going, just ripping up the paper like this. Never like if it's the happened. finals, I, if it's the NBA final, I don't see how you play the NBA finals and just sit like not have LeBron there. I, you know like, what, Lucas? There might be something to that. I could see that like coming out later, like ten, yeah. like you know when LeBron retires in in five, ten years or five, six mm-hmm. years. Like, like a 30 for 30 coming out about – or a documentary series coming about about his life. And he's like, yeah, I got, I had COVID. <laughs> I had COVID at Disney World. <laughs> hey, it's not the craziest thing. Because they're not going to play the NBA Finals without LeBron James. Like if I mean, unless the, the, unless the Lakers don't make it. Yeah, right. This, this is going to be really I'm – like, I'm excited for these playoffs. I think – I mean, you obviously have your your Raptors, Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers, Clippers, but I could see some random ass team winning it all. Like, yeah, like an eight put, coming in to win it all. Yeah, because it all depends on because you don't know what these guys have been doing the past couple months. No, some teams might have been in the gym. Some teams might be out partying. Like James Harden looks like he lost about fifty pounds. He looks like an extra from a movie about anorexia. So I don't know, like, what kind of shape he's in in terms right. of, like, that's going to work. And you don't know if it's going to scare off more players. Like, Trevor Reza, he's not going to play for other reasons besides COVID, like a divorce, like a custody hearing with his right. one of his ex-wives or, um, you know, kids' moms. But And I think there's some other guy who's going to be a free agent who's like, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah, for the magic. Yeah. Jokic, yeah. Jokic today, this came out today. Nikola Jokic um, can't come back to the United States. He was in Serbia, and he tested positive for COVID. So, you mean Novak Djokovic? No, Nikola Jokic, player too. Both the of them. center, yeah, both of them. Oh, they shit. were hanging out. There were pictures of them like hugging and like oh talking close range, no mass. <laughs> Not great. Oh boy. So I yeah, very good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But it's going to be interesting. I, I, whenever they bring the NBA back in the bubble, I would love it if they made it a reality show. Just have these live cameras tracking these guys in the, the resort playing ping pong with each other. If ESPN, I need, I if ESPN isn't pushing for that, then they're fucking more. That'd be so cool. I mean, oh yeah. If ESPN, the ground. there's talk. There was they were talking about how if they get. If they if the NBA does let reporters into the bubble, they can't leave. Mm-hmm. If ESPN isn't thinking, okay, who can we send to the bubble, and then we just have a reality show about mm-hmm. them in the bubble, there that's like that's a fatal programming error. If they don't, yeah. if they haven't thought about that beforehand, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna bring Mitch on right now. We're gonna talk about Empire uh, Return of the Jedi. Excuse me, and then we're gonna rank East Lansing bars. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. Uh, Mitch is here. We're gonna talk about Return of the Jedi in a minute, but some big news broke yesterday concerning um, the DCU. I don't, I don't know what they're calling it. Yeah, the DC, the DC movies, whatever they're doing with it now. Sure. Um, the rumor is that Michael Keaton is going to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman for the Flash movie. Um, 
we'll get I want to get some quick impressions from you guys before we talk about it any further. I what years what years the Flash movie set in? Um, we don't know. Um, as far as we know, it's probably going to be Flashpoint. So here's what we don't know: we know that we know that Michael Keaton is at least in talks to come back to play Batman. So we don't know whether that's Bruce Wayne or in the comics, in the, in the flashpoint comics, Bruce is the one that dies in the alley, not Thomas and Martha and Mm -hmm. Thomas becomes Batman and Martha goes crazy and becomes the Joker. That's right. So we don't know whether he's going to play Bruce, if he's just reprising his role as Bruce Wayne or he's going to play Thomas Wayne. We know that he's in talks to return as Batman for the Flash movie. That's all we know. So we don't, I, I don't even think this movie has a fucking release date. They've been working on it for like eight years. Doesn't help. I, and, they're, and they're sticking with Ezra Miller? Yeah. That I, don't know, that I don't know either. I was going to say that seems problematic. But... Um, I, I would, I mean, I think it'll be pretty cool. I, I know everyone loves the Keaton Batman. Um, yeah. I, I would have to imagine that if he's not playing an old man Batman, then they're going to have to de-age him. And uh, I don't know, at least start doing some yoga and stuff to get a little bit more nimble. I, I grew up with those first two Keaton movies. You know, Batman 89 was good, but, like, um, Returns was so much better in every in every way. Like, he knew how to be Batman, if that makes sense. And I felt like Warner Brothers kind of spilled the chili on this and, like, kind of missed out on a good thing because Burton wanted to do a third one, and they were just – they couldn't get the pieces to, to mix. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be nice if he can – if he is Bruce Wayne again. And, you know, the fans of those movies get some sort of closure with his character because maybe he could kind of talk about what he's been up to and maybe how he got here to this alternate dimension. Because I think Flashpoint has to deal with Barry trying to um, reverse the murder of his parents, right? He, I think so. At least in the TV shows, yes. Okay. So maybe there's something there where it, like, rips a hole in – time and space and Michael Keaton's like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the potential because Michael Keaton's a, an incredibly incredible actor and should have an Oscar. And I, I just love seeing him in everything he he's in from bit role and the other guys to Batman or Birdman. He's, he's phenomenal. And this is a, this is a plus no matter what way you look at it for DC. Good. Um, slightly off topic but still in the Batman vein did I see George Clooney Batman and Robin slander from one of you guys the other day yeah it's a fucking shitty movie I <laughs> fucking love I, love I fucking love that movie dude I, Poison, I Poison Ivy is. is fucking hot as shit see Arnold here's the thing ice, it's, like, it's not ice, even man. it's not even so good it's bad right like I'm not gonna slander the room because, like, I understand its value as a movie that's so bad it's good. Yeah. But Batman and Robin just isn't even – it's not even that. It doesn't know what it wants to be. I liked, I liked it. No, major rip to Joel Schumacher, you yeah. know. But god damn were those movies terrible. All right. 
I'm going to say this Batman Forever is worse than Batman and Robin. I I watched both recently and I really think Forever is a worse movie because Val Kilmer is just a turd whenever he's on the screen. He's just no dick, can't do that. No. You can't do that. He's just like a fucking robot whereas Clooney like tries. You know, he tries in Batman and Robin. And Mr. Freeze like Cassie fucking loves that movie and I'm just sitting there like ripping it up and she's like this is so good she's like think about it this way if I love doesn't that suck, movie. if this mo- she was right if Batman and Robin didn't suck complete ass at the box office we don't get Chris Nolan that's fair and, no literally it, it, honestly, like, it might be that might be the first Batman movie I ever watched I think I think Batman and I think Schumacher's intentions or Schumacher's and the studio's intentions were to kind of go back to that campy 60s feel because Batman Returns was just so dark and so, like, disgusting. Like, the Penguin's a legitimately disgusting character in Batman Returns. Amazingly portrayed. And parents were, like, lost their fucking shit. Didn't I think they pulled the McDonald's Happy Meal toys for that movie. They did. Yeah. I mean, like, Penguin's, like, biting people's noses off. And, <laughs> like, they could probably do that now. Like, if that, if that was in the Batman, I think people would be a little more open to it. Right. But back, back in, like, the 90s, before comic book movies really had an identity, that, that was a tough sell. So I get the, I get the perspective of returning to that kind of campiness that first made Batman so popular. Right. But it was just, it was weird. It was a weird choice. Didn't like that. All right. Let's talk Return of the Jedi, shall yep. we? Uh, Return of the Jedi, 1983, the, the final movie in the OG trilogy, directed by Richard Marquand and written by George Lucas and um, Lawrence Kasdan. Made, 400, made $475 million dollars. At the yeah. box office in 1983. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah, um, a big fan. Like, just still another great movie. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about it. You know, um, How I Met Your Mother has an excellent bit about how, how you feel about the Ewoks. Depends on how old you were when you first watched it. And I believe Bar- it's Barney's the one who's talking about it. I believe he cuts it off at nine and a half. It's like if you were nine and a half or younger when you first saw Return of the Jedi, you love it. And you think the Ewoks are awesome. And if you're older, you think it's cheesy and the Ewoks suck. Wow. We already so, determined we already determined that old people suck. So Yeah. Um, the Ewoks know. world, they're the ideal Antifa super soldiers. <laughs> they they were the OGs. Yeah, I mean, fucking taking out taking out the empire with logs and rocks. That's yeah, so cool. The absolute goats. So twisted. Chaz, Chaz should figure out how to do something like that instead of just like crying about ambulances and shit. <laughs> just smash some cop cars with some fucking logs. It's not that hard. And gain your goddamn independence. <laughs> Learn um, from Wicket. God damn it. Stop watching 13th on a projector screen and fucking watch Return of the Jedi so you can figure it out. 
Um, all right, Lucas, I, you have notes. I've got notes, but I mean, we can we can go off the rail, like not off the rails, but move around if we want. Um, I just had to make I, a consistent formats work so far. So, huh? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Going off, just riffing off you has worked so far. So, okay. I already I watched Last Jedi the other day, so I've got notes ready for that one. But I know I'm skipping out of sequence, but whatever. Um, the Return of the Jedi. Okay, I just thought it was funny how, like, even in the Galactic Empire, your typical construction crew is building the Death Star because they're like falling behind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm shouting out my father-in-law who will never listen to this, but it just cracks. He his schedule, his crews don't fall behind, but like. You know, like you're building a house and they're like, oh, well, we had an issue with the roof. You know, it's going to be another week. But, like, he's just like, yeah, Lord Vader, you know, we're behind. We got some foundation issues. You know, uh, that's what, the, huh? great, the great robot chicken sketch or Star Wars Family Guy joke they didn't make is Palpatine dealing with Teamsters. You've <laughs> <laughs> been pissing me off. That's the that's the lost like I can't believe they did I can't believe they never made that one like <laughs> Palpatine like that seems like such a such a no brainer like you just see like in the back shot when Vader shows up in the ship at the beginning like a bunch of Teamsters like at a food cart just <laughs> hanging out right there and they're like this is our this is our break for the hour yeah this is our this is our hourly ten minute break <laughs> I thought it was so funny how like the 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 commander. Wait, you must. Oh, spare me the. Oh, I love that line. I forget what he said. Um, he was a commander, I believe, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, we're you know we're behind construction." But then he's like, "You can tell the emperor yourself," and he's like, "Oh, shit, he's coming here. All right, sounds good. We're gonna get this shit done." <laughs> like the guy paying the bills is gonna come uh, check this out. And yeah, that's like a that's like a Karen. Vader. Vader was a real Karen in that moment. You just wait until my Emperor gets here. Spare me. Oh, that's going to bug me that I don't know that line anymore. Um, and then going to Jabba's lair, his palace, Salacious Crumb fucking cracks me up every <laughs> single time I see that little piece of shit. Like, at Galaxy's Edge, they sell them for 60 bucks. They sit on your shoulder and I wanted to buy one, and they all were fucking broke. Like, they just used, like, kind of, like, air pump to, like, make the head turn and, like, the tail move. And they had no working ones. And I couldn't fucking believe it. But that stupid little creature cracks me up every time I see it. The song's what was that little performance they did? Yeah, the song's – that's that's a special edition – that's a special Bad. edition joint song. Kind of a banger. I don't know about that. Maybe if Bad. you got Pitbull on it. Yeah, you know, Nub Nub's the better song. Yeah. But that song's kind of a banger, too. Um, but Go ahead, go ahead. No, and it's like, it's so funny. I'm, I'm working, I'm playing Fallen Order, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, me too. And the game, oh, yeah, the game starts with like that, like that uh, rap song or whatever, oh. where it's like, oh, do, do, he, do, do, do. <laughs> I beat uh I beat Fallen Order the other day, or, or like I beat it, not the other day, but like a while ago. Um, I haven't done any of the, I haven't done any of the expansions. I gotta fire end, up like, the Xbox and and beat it. I got it for Christmas and I touched it a couple times, but I I love it. But 
Was that like an anti-climax? Did anyone, no one else beat it yet? No, I'm still on Kashyyyk. Okay, I'll let you get to the end then. Um, do we think Jabba the Hutt, I know you had a rant to go on Spartan Dogger, like a theory about Jabba, but God, the dude has to be into torture porn. Has to be. I mean, listen. (laughs) Yes. Here we go. Let's fucking go. Before, before I fire off this joke, which probably tells me somewhere in like, you know, like deep down here near my brainstem that I shouldn't say it. I want to fire off a disclaimer. I think that any person who commits sexual assault, oh boy, sexual assault of any kind is the only crime that should have a mandatory minimum sentence. Mm-hmm. People who abuse their power should be thrown under the jail. But Job of the Hutt's Harvey Weinstein, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Ooga, ooga, solo. <laughs> I'm cutting 20 minutes from this movie. <laughs> that's why he froze. That's why I froze solo in Carbonite. He wanted to keep, he wanted to keep an extra 20 minutes onto his movie. <laughs> Jabba Scissorhands wanted to cut, wanted to cut this scene. Han told him it was, it was special because his father was a fisherman or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're referencing. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, Harvey Weinstein was a producer on Snowpiercer. And he wanted Bong Joon-ho to cut this scene. They're, like, walking through, like, a fish market train car because, like, the whole movie takes place on a train. And Harvey wanted him to cut it. And Bong Joon-ho was like, no, like, this seems really personally important to me. My father was a fisherman. And, like, it would mean a lot to me if I got to keep it. So Harvey let him keep it. And Bong Joon-ho said later, it was like, my father wasn't a fisherman. He was an accountant. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Bong fucking rules. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I mean, like, I think I think Jabba's just like, just like everyone else in Hollywood, just got used to nobody saying no and is just, like, trying to figure out what he can get away with. And I guess putting a princess... Putting a princess in slave armor is kind of it's kind of something he can get away with. Like, how do you think he had sex? Like a big slug like that. How do you think he probably he... had like a little pouch like you know, they <laughs> came out of him? Sex Listen, There being baby there being baby huts and clone wars <laughs> has opened up a lot of questions about like how how the huts reproduce and I'm really not interested. Yeah, like, about how the huts reproduce oh by the way i remember i asked last week about how like vader eats mm-hmm. one of my boys tyler shout out to you tyler he uh he answered me vader eats via iv mm-hmm. okay. so he does receive food via an iv but if he's in a back to tank he can eat normal food because he doesn't eat his armor right so if Vader's in a Bacta tank, he can like, so Vader's like, I'm going to go in the Bacta tank and eat a burger. <laughs> I've been, I've been get all that spicy chicken all day. I want to down that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to eat some fucking soggy meat 
and a Bacter tank. I'll be back in like 45 minutes. <laughs> um, and I just have to say, because this is uh, right when Chewie and Han reunite, like he, Chewie is the unsung hero of, of these – like he's such a good pilot. He's the best pilot too that I've seen on this. Like well, for the Millennium Falcon, he's the best pilot. I just had to give Chewie another shout-out because he deserves it. Um, he should have gotten his medal earlier. Oh, fuck. We're close. We're three weeks away from that movie. Um, <laughs> and the Rancor is really fucking stupid for being this intimidating monster that Jabba throws his uh, victims down to. And he obviously gets off while he watches the Rancor eat them. But Oh, yeah. That- solo. but he's just such a dumb monster he moves slow and it's like you have to be pretty pretty unintelligent to not kill this thing like luke made luke had his struggles but like he just figured out okay you know just let him run to me and then i'll use that trap door or not the trap door but shut that door on him and Right after he dies, the Rancor dies. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie. Um, that dude who walks in with the alien, who like, it, it's like they just threw a, a long hat and a cape on a guy who like this big old guy. It's like me walking in there with my big fat belly. And he's like just sitting there crying in some native and some foreign tongue. And <laughs> just. Like they just ball. It just cracks me up every time I see the, those two, especially that big, that big old boy. He was yeah, a pig. Wasn't, he, wasn't he like based off a pig? Wasn't maybe. I thought I that was makeup on. I don't think he had any prosthetics on or anything. It reminded me of that scene from Coneheads, where the he was what is it the the Garthok when he's like battling him and he gets out like he makes stuff. Makeshift uh, golf club takes out the Garthok. Right. I think that's the first time someone made a reference to Coneheads in like 15 years. Banger. Uh, when did uh, When did Miracle come out? 2004. Four. Four? Uh, okay. Pretty. I was gonna say Kurt Russell. <laughs> um, and. Is it just me or every time I hear, like, when they're going to the Sarlacc pit, like, you know, they're playing that hype music, like Jabba's ship is playing that music to, like, get them hype for, for what they're about to do. It sounds like Staying Alive to me. It's like they just did a jizz remix of Staying Alive. <laughs> I love saying jizz when, in Star Wars canon. Like, it's a jizz remix. Like, um. And the newer version of the the sand monster in the Starlight Pit looks way better than the original. I do agree. That's probably that's probably one of like four updates that one of four special edition updates that George did well. Like that was good because it was just wasn't it? God, it was literally just like looked like a butthole <laughs> with spikes on it. Yeah, <laughs> not great. Um, but the sand escape scene is so good. It's so well done. I, I love that part. I know it takes a little bit to kind of get rolling compared to Empire Strikes Back, but that's a really fucking great scene with like the humor in it too. Yeah, they. I it got a little slapsticky for me. 
like Lando and Han kind of going back and forth is funny. You know, I can see, I can see a lot better. Are you sure about that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's slap. Here's the slapsticky part. I agree. Boba Fett was a total dud in that scene, and he was set up to be this intimidating bounty hunter, and he just sits there and shoots his gun, and Han accidentally shoots him and is like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like you're missing the sliding whistle when he dies in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that was a little weird that um, Boba Fett was built up to be like this fearsome bounty hunter and then he's like taken out by a blind dude. <laughs> Just spilled the chili. Um, and I got to think when when uh, Princess Leia was choking Jabba Hutt, he probably – he probably jizzed a little bit. Oh yeah, Jabba. Oh, oh yeah, Jabba. Oh. Jabba got a nut off, dude. Oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that anymore for this podcast. I'm not gonna make sex noises. Um, and Jabba the Hut, more like Jabba the Nut. <laughs> there we go. I I think every time I think of Jabba the Hut, I think of Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. <laughs> Another Spaceball reference, and. You know, now I transition to when Luke, you know, goes to uh, Dagobah to kind of finish his, his college courses and, and talk with Yoda. You know, it's so funny how, like, he's going in, an, in Empire Strikes Back. He's like, oh, we're doomed. You know, Luke's leaving. He's not ready. And <laughs> now Yoda's just like, you're good to go. Yep. You're, you're, you're set. You're set. Well, I feel like part of it was he – had the opportunity to join Vader and came back. So, like, he made the right decision. So, like, right. Yoda knew. And then Yoda just died. Spoiler yeah, he just kind alert. of disappears. Spoiler alert. R.I.P. He, he becomes one of the living force. And, yeah. uh, and I wonder, like, when Obi-Wan's like, Leia is your sister. <laughs> I wonder if Luke thought for a second. Oh, I tongue fucked her. <laughs> yeah, uh, with her. <laughs> you played tonsil hockey with me like a week ago, dude. What the fuck? Well, all right. What are you doing, step bro? <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe this brother or sister. And okay, anyway. Um I I like the four speeder, the the speeders. That's a pretty good segment. I like the sounds of the that the vehicles made. I thought those were pretty sick. Um, reminded me again of that Sega Star Wars trilogy arcade game where the speeders were really fucking hard. Cause again, I don't do inverted controls and those were inverted. So that kicked my ass every time. And the Ewoks, I think they're fine. I'm, I'm the dad of bacon wire. I'm the oldest person. And I think they're fine. Like I said, Fire. like, like Mitch and I have said, Ideal Antifa super soldier. <laughs> the Ewoks are goaded. They're, they're awesome. Not engineering, uh, they're not engineering winter soldiers in Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> they're killing, they're making killer cuddly bears. Hey, we're, our, we, uh, we're all about our numbers. Our numbers are large. <laughs> oh, man. And this is just a little weird, you know, when Luke and Leia are talking um and was this yeah this was definitely when he uh tells her their brother and sister and um 
it made it seem like Leia was older because she's because you know Luke's like, do you remember your mother? And she goes, yeah, she was very beautiful but sad. And obviously, you know the 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 prequel trilogy wasn't as hashed out or or mapped out as it could have been. Yeah, I feel like George just didn't just didn't watch the original trilogy before he. <laughs> Before he wrote, before he wrote the other movies, and oh, everyone shit. was like, because he was financing it himself, everyone was like, nobody sees shit. Yeah, <laughs> just let him, just let him do what he wants to do. Yeah, whatever he says goes. Just, just take, we'll, we'll take our money and run. And I loved it in the, um, the scene in the Emperor's like kind of um, set up office, and, you know, with that with that big bay window overlooking the uh, the rebels. And he's just, he's so cocky talking shit to Luke, like, your friends are going to die. You're going to die unless you join me. Take your father's place at my, at my side. Like, just, he's got yeah, that. Yeah, he's ready to toss Vader. Just like, nah, fuck him. And that's what, and it reminded me in Last Jedi, I'll get to it when we get to Last Jedi, like, the, the Sith kind of fucking, they, they kind of rent their apprentices for a while, and then you know, or like they, they, they buy the car and use it for two or three years. And then they're just like, nah, I'm good. Well, that, wanna... um, that's what that's called the rule of two. Um, it's a, yes. I'm not sure if it's a, I'm not sure if it's like an actual Sith law. It is. It's a Sith law a Sith where law. there yeah, can yeah. only be one master and one apprentice. Mm-hmm. Right. Eventually the apprentice is going to overthrow the master and kill the master. But again, if you watch Clone Wars, they break that rule all the damn time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, pa- yeah, like fucking Papeltine had Papeltine had like fucking eight apprentices. Yeah, they had what Dooku, and then Dooku had uh, who did Dooku? Ventress, have? Grievous, and Ventress. Well, Grievous wasn't right. a Grievous wasn't a Force user. He just collected lightsabers of Jedi. He, stud- he studied okay. how they fought and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes- but he had okay. Ventress, so, yeah, yeah. and then and. But Palpatine had like Maul, and then Maul's brother. Hmm. Yeah, five or six Sith running around. Yeah, you know, whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. Uh, And I swear to God, I thought it was Steve Buscemi, one of the pilots in the X Wings. If you like, if you watch it very closely, it looks like one of them looks like young Steve Buscemi, to where like it's a Google search that I found, and there were people on Twitter who were like, "Is he in Return of the Jedi?" And it wasn't him, but man, I just had to point that out. I was like, "Holy shit, is that really Steve Buscemi?" No, it's not. Spoiler. Um, but I, I like the buildup throughout the first two movies. You know, you get a little hint of the Emperor in A New Hope. And then you kind of see him, you know, obviously not in person, but like a hologram in Empire. And you finally meet him in person, and he is everything you thought he would be. This gigantic piece of shit dictator who doesn't care about anything but just his own motives. Like, that is just so fucking cool. The buildup, the slow buildup to him was great. Um. And I I did laugh out loud when <laughs> when Chewie and I think it's Wicket or one of the Ewoks it might have been Wicket um, are are um, trying to get take over one of the ATSTs and Chewie does the fucking Tarzan yell like <laughs> <laughs> really 
Um, and I'm going to compare R2 and 3PO to like, um, it's a movie called The Birdcage, if you haven't seen it. R2-D2 is Robin Williams in that movie, and C-3PO is Nathan Lane. Like, they're, they're the, like, sometimes they remind me of, like, an overdramatic uh, gay couple, like, like the way C-3PO talks and bickers to R2-D2. Is that uh, a, um, is the Birdcage a Mel Brooks joint? No, I mean, you'd think it was. Um, let me see real quick, because it's a fucking hilarious movie. Great, great performances all around. It's made by Mike Nichols. Like, it's not, a, it's not a Mel Brooks joint, but yeah, it looks like it. It feels like it, but I mean, it was a pretty big success for for being a small, smaller comedy. But it had Rob Williams, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Hank Azaria, a couple other people. But yeah, that's a funny movie if you haven't seen it, and that's what three PO and R two remind me of sometimes. Just shout out Robin Williams. Uh, miss you. Uh, let's see. And, you know, talking more about Palpatine, like, just want a new apprentice. Like, fuck, it's – he just wants Vader dead. He's sick of him being a simp for his son in the end and just laughing his ass off at him losing the battle early before Vader gets pissed and he's, like, embarrassed. He's like, man, this, this rookie's beating me. You know, I can't look this bad in front of my boss. And, you know, does the whole, you know, I'll get to it in a second. And I didn't, I forgot that uh, the actor who plays Wedge Antilles is uh, Ewan McGregor's uncle. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool, uh, that's always a cool, like, like fact you can bust out on a, bust out on a first date that'll definitely get you laid. Yeah, when, once you, that face when you tell her Wedge is Ewan McGregor's uncle. Ah. <laughs> Never do that again. Uh, <laughs> we had so many moans in this this episode. Um, yeah, this is a very horny episode of the Bacon Warrior podcast. <laughs> and when Darth Vader like starts, and he, when he realizes, oh shit, I have two kids. Like you know, and he says, you know, if you won't turn sister yes you have a twin sister if you won't then she will and the the build up and then when luke just fucking snaps and rages on just just beats the shit out of him for those last couple of seconds the music is so fucking amazing in that scene like the build up to the choir and behind john williams and all that i have to give that's one of my favorite scenes in star wars ever like that that last segment with Darth Vader and Palpatine. I I had to I had to say how amazing that scene was. It gives me chills every time I watch it. Just a classic movie scene. Yeah. And like he just beats him, beats him, this bashing, and then he chops his hand off and is like, fuck, he is half he is robot. Obi-Wan wasn't kidding. Oh my god, what have I done? And then we get to the other addition to this movie that George Lucas put in, obviously after Revenge of the Sith. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Aiden Christensen Force Ghost, which I no. don't hate. No. Oh, he puts he puts no. Jar Jar. They no. add Naboo into the celebration. Well, oh, no, not that. I'm talking about 
when the Emperor's frying Luke and Darth Vader's like, oh shit, this is my fucking son dying in front of him. Oh, he does the no, doesn't he? He goes like this, no. No! (laughs) Throws him. I remember watching it for the first time, I'm like, what? Throws him. Electric. Dude gets fucking electrocuted down, thrown down, like, 50 stories, yeah. but somehow someone what like, like he had he had some DNA. What would we do? There's there's some sperm in a spank bank somewhere so they could clone him. Like I don't know. I guess I guess I must have missed that part of Fortnite where they're like where JJ came <laughs> on at Risky Reels and was like, so here's the deal with Palpatine and gave like a fucking TED talk. Fucking forty foot tall JJ Abrams out front of Risky Reels just talking about <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive me. So, <laughs> not to not to throw us off the rails, but like, is Fortnite just a concert venue now? <laughs> like, so is Fortnite added, just a COVID? They they, they added they added a thing called Party Royale, which is just like an island where you can literally just like go hang out. It has nothing to do with like playing. There's like mini games in there. Like, there's no gun. There's no real guns. Like, you're not killing anyone, and you're not like. Um, but there's no building or anything. They're just kind of, kind of like mini games in there, and they have the ability to show, as we've seen, like do mini concerts, show movie uh, trailers, like they did for Tenet, mm. um, you, you know, stuff like that. So I think they're just I I don't know if they necessarily added it because of the whole COVID situation, but right. Like, you know, people can't see live shows, so now they are getting to see shows in a video game. Yeah, I uh, saw- Like, honestly, I've, I've seen a bunch of articles, and, like, Donald Mustard, the guy who, like, runs Fortnite, has, like, alluded to it. Their goal is to, you know, if, like, the expanding technology and stuff, like, their goal is to kind of become, like, if you've seen Ready Player One or Reddit, like, the Oasis. You know what I mean? Like their their goal is to expand eventually and be like that virtual world that you can log, you know, go into to escape reality. Right. I get that. Like it's it's a great idea and hopefully it works. Like that Travis Scott concert was pretty sick. I watched that on YouTube. Yeah, the Travis Scott concert was really cool. The ones they've done in the Party Royale are literally just like dudes in their basement on a projector screen. Like I mean, like they're getting big name guys. Like right. they had. And you know, like Jordan Fisher was a host, and they had Dylan Francis and William Hung, uh, Dead Mouse, I think, or something. Like, yeah, they're getting big names, right? I mean, and they got another one coming up this week. Taylor uh, Swift. <laughs> What's up? No, I said Taylor Swift. No, not Taylor Swift. Not yet. Goat, though. Hey, that would that would break all. Type of records that they got to do a If they put Taylor Swift in Fortnite, their 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 demo the demographic shift of Fortnite would be pretty impressive. <laughs> like I'd I'd have to know I'd have to know the numbers on how many girls <laughs> age. Use it. Oh yeah. yeah. For a twenty four you know, hour like period, eight. we had ninety percent girls <laughs> aged thirteen <laughs> to twenty one <laughs> on Fortnite. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and I, I got to shout out. Uh, the one of the worst Bond movies in a while, um, Spectre. Um, the last James Bond movie, just so bloated. But 
I had I just kind of made this joke that when when Darth sees his son dying right in front of him, and he's about to pick up Palpatine and throw him into the abyss, um, this great quote from Spectre really hit me hit me hard, and he finally realized that Palpatine is the author of all of his pain, like much like uh, Blofeld and Spectre, which is it's not a good movie, but I just had to shout that out because it's just such a cringeworthy line. Um, <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of true, though. Like, yeah. you know, Palpatine ruined his life from the beginning. and Right. I mean, he created him. and he Vader's ended. the ultimate millennial. Like, I didn't ask to be born. Like, Palpatine <laughs> created him. Just like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> um, and I'm going to shout out South Park, the, the episode where Cartman and Kyle bet that um, if a person dies, they crap their pants. Um, <laughs> I, I, the Emperor becoming a giant cloud was the equivalent of him crapping himself. That was just <laughs> that was what I pretty. That was that. That was so fucking. That episode. That was also the Walmart episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just such a great, such a great, such a great episode of television. Yeah. Just all around. It, it was cool. I did like what Lucas did at the very end of the movie when the Force ghosts all show up, and you see Hayden Christensen. That oh, felt cool. like the right move because. That was when he was last Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So I really like that. I like that little bit. And we'll get to episode nine. That's going to be like a six-hour podcast. But Man, I'm so I'm so pumped to listen to Nub Dub when I'm editing the pod later. I wish Hayden got a shot to redeem himself in episode nine, but we'll get there. He kind of um, did. Yeah. <laughs> you know a, he was the first clip. voice ray heard he was the first one he was okay i need to watch that scene again um but it's still the great in my opinion the greatest trilogy i've ever seen in my life like the whole the first three yeah start to finish amazing the greatest Return- trilogy you've ever seen in your life i you hate, med- I hate medieval me. i hate medieval shit so yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings is close, like because they're they are good movies, but in terms of entertainment, it's definitely Star Wars for me. And this is Re- Return of the Jedi is not as good as Empire, but I give it a ninety-five on hundred. It's still one of my favorite movies ever made. If Iron Man two was better, Iron Man the Iron Man mm-hmm. trilogy might be might be might be there, but yeah, Iron Man I, three still kind of sucks. Listen here, motherfucker, we're not going to do this right now. <laughs> I mean. We could do a court of trill with someone on Iron Personal, per, personally, I think the Captain America movies are better than the Iron Man movies, and I'm yeah. a an Iron Man fan. I love, I like Iron Man is my my Avenger. Love him. I I mean, like Winter Soldier is like my personal favorite MCU movie, so I guess I have no qualms with. I guess I have no qualms with that, but. Like Iron Man, three, Iron Man three's top five MCU. I'm not going to debate about. I'm Oof. not going to debate it about anyone right now. Let's rank East Lansing bars. So we're not doing this. Also, well, we have we have to rank MCU movies on a pod at some point. I'll get we'll get we'll get Darian on. Yeah, we'll get sure. there. We'll get there. I'll let you guys steer the wheel for this one, but I'm I'm going to contribute. But I'll let you guys steer the wheel. So we're not doing this in a vacuum. Uh, something came out today. I believe like <laughs> something like 14 people from the ages of 19. <laughs> 19 to 24 who have been to Harper's have tested positive for COVID-19. 
which 19 to 24 is just an imperfect. It's so good. <laughs> hey, they they were uh, they were getting their two for one, you know, buy one Corona and get get one virus free. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone's everyone's admonishing these kids like, how could you do that? How could you go out? Blah blah blah. And it's like, if you leave a dog inside, it's gonna piss on your carpet. So you're gonna yell at the dog for pissing on the carpet. Or are you going to be mad at yourself for leaving the dog in for 18 hours? So, exactly. you know, lay off the kids. All right? You didn't do dumb shit when you were in college, you motherfucker. Suck my dick. These same people won't wear masks to go grocery shopping. Like, right. shut the fuck up. Right. Yep. All these fucking people who are like, I can't believe these kids would put themselves in danger. It's like, you can't? Have you been to college? Did you go? Because kids put themselves in danger like four times a week. To, to be honest, I'm convinced that the boomers pushed for us to go to college so much that is like because they realized that they were actually fucking stupid. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they all that got, would require like, that right? would require a level of self awareness on the boomers' part that they just straight up don't have. <laughs> so. That would require that would for a boomer to go. I'm stupid. I should send my kids to college. Would require a level of introspection and empathy and self awareness that they simply do not have. (laughs) Breaking moves. Breaking moves. Just (laughs) baseball is officially back. They agreed on the health thing. Okay, carry on. Yeah, sixty sixty game. All okay. right, congratulations to the New York Yankees 2020 World Series champions. And yo, don't, don't joke because don't, do, don't, don't well, he's joke. A Yankees I'll, fan. Freak, I'll freak out. I'll uh, freak out. If the Yankees win the series, oh, Mitch, congratulations it. on your 28th asterisk. Dude, <laughs> baseball will be the best sport. Let the Yankees win a title. I'll All right, right back on the baseball to. train. Oh, let uh, the right let the Yankees, the uh, tortured baseball, please, for the love of God, can't they hey, we went a whole, just hey, win we 28? Went whole, <laughs> we went a whole decade. Well, you, if we, you guys somehow run into the Tigers in the playoffs, I'm sure we'll beat you again. Yeah. Oh, yeah with our five – I don't think no, we make the playoffs dude, with five wins. Dude, I, oh, my God. Like, every time the Yankees would freaking sweep their AL, ALDS opponent – and then just sit there for a week waiting for the Tigers. I was like, are you again? We're going to do this. We're going to do this again. So, um, so off the news of this COVID explosion at Harper's, which isn't the first pandemic and isn't the last pandemic to run through Harper's, um, our group chat started debating East Lansing bars. And I figured the best way to do it would be to rank them. So here's the criteria. If it's on Grand River, it counts. What if it's not on Grand River? We're ranking the bars on Grand River. What's uh, not on Grand What's not on Grand River that you want to rank? Crunchies Harper's is on Grand Dub- River. Harper's Dublin, the Riv PT. If it's Riv. off of you know what I mean by fucking Grand River. If it's okay. in downtown if it's okay. in downtown I'm East Lansing. All the bars are not like none of them. All right, stop being a I'm just picky. making sure. I'm just making, just making sure. Picky motherfucker. We got to know the rules. If it's in, if it's in downtown East Lansing, it counts. Okay, okay. So that includes Reno's. That includes Crunchies. Reno. 
Reno's East, Saginaw and Abbott. Okay, that's kind of far, but all right. I mean, it's not like a. It's not like that's a not thing. Like a college bar. No. So, right. um, are we all in agreement about what the best bar in East Lansing is? Because I think not. you guys know where I stand. You like Dublin? No, PT's is the best bar in East Lansing. Mm. Uh, Hold on. I'll not. go first. I'll go first, then Mitch, then Brett. If Lucas wants to input at any point, he can. How many are we, are we doing, like, a top five? Because there's, like, there's really, like, what, like – Yeah, we'll ten. do a top five and then our worst. All right. Okay. All right. Number one for me is, is PT, and let me tell you why. One, when I was 21, like, the club bars were fun for, like, a week and a half, and then I was fucking sick of them. PT's has this nice hybrid vibe where – like there's still going to be like a, there's still going to be some douchebag playing like talkie talkie, but you'll be able to sit, you can sit down and not feel like you're going to, like you're going to go home and piss blood. Um, and, and shot wheel. you know, yeah. Shot wheel. That's another good one. Bash. Bash is great. Fucking love bash. Shout out to all the people who couldn't get, who couldn't schedule around Rama. <laughs> and decided to and decided to go to bash instead bash fucking rules um and you know it's just like a it's a nice cozy bar you know they have pretty decent food so you know if you want to go there like on an off peak hour you can do it they had oberon in like they had oberon in october so that was a big plus um that was pretty cool and it was like a they were given away for like three fifty, and I drank a whole pitcher, and then got blackout drunk at Rick's and almost got kicked out. But that is what it is. Uh, Mitch, your number one bar. Oh, favorite bar to go to in East Lansing. Um, I'll probably go. I want to say Dublin, but I also want to say the Riz. I like the Riz. Like, it's like a dive bar. If, I, if I'm just going to go to, like, Rama or, or something similar, I guess I'll go with the Riz. They got drinking games. They have TVs everywhere. Like, it's fun to go for, like, a March Madness game. Yeah, funny. Great story about the Riv. So, um, like, I would never go to Rama because, like, I could never get – I could never get my class schedule right to, like yeah. – and if I was skipping class, I was sleeping in. I wasn't waking up at 8 a.m. to get in the ramen line. So, makes sense. But I don't know if they did it while you guys were there. But they started doing Rama on Saturdays. On Saturdays. Yeah. So they I would go. When I was there, and and the, the kid. It's funny. The kids don't go to Thursday Rama all that much anymore. They go Saturdays. Yeah, they go to Bash because it's like. I think MSU got wise and they were like, we need to stop people going to Rama. So they stopped offering, like, I swear to God, they stopped offering Thursday after I'm big, like I'm big, I'm big tinfoil hat about this. I think they, I think they only made Thursday morning classes available because no one I knew at MSU had classes past 3 PM on Thursdays, but everyone had like a 9 AM. The, 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 I had an anatomy class. I was on a Thursday afternoon. And uh, 
the best I ever did on one of those exams was after I got shit faced around and went and took it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that was. But yeah, I the rib the rib's a good choice. $8 pictures along Island. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, shout out. She doesn't listen to the pod, but I went to a Saturday Rama. They started doing them on a, on away football games. I went to the, um, I went to the Purdue. I went to watch the Purdue game at, uh, there when everyone thought Rocky Lombardi was going to be the shit. <laughs> like 2018. He's a shit. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's something, and uh, and my friend was like, "Let's take a shot of tequila." Took the shot of tequila. She immediately threw up. <laughs> I love tequila. Her boyfriend listens to the pod, so he's gonna text so, her, and then she's gonna text me and be like, "What the fuck?" Slightly funny tequila story. So uh, Nicole went to Columbia last summer to do study abroad. She was gone for like a month. And uh, they went out to one of the bars down there one night, and everyone was doing shots of tequila. So um, this bar gave a popcorn as well, like just to have on the table or whatever. So they bring out shots of tequila, bring out a thing of limes, and then salt. And of course, thinking like, what the fuck's this salt for? Um, like, is it for the popcorn? Like, what, what's the what's the salt for? And everyone starts, you know, lick, you know, lick the hand, put the salt on. Yep whatever and she's like uh, she texts me and she's like do you know people do like tequila with like salt a lot like what's the deal here because like we drink we drink it straight like our roommate turned lit like our, our roommate loves tequila so like he's the only one that we ever had drank tequila with and he doesn't i was like yeah those are called training wheels she was like what i was like yeah that's how like a normal person takes a shot of tequila salt tequila lime like she was just mind blown the the alcohol that stepped up tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas is on muties. <laughs> that that shirt, dude. Can't fucking wait. I told I oh I told him last night or something. I was like, hey, the, the boys want a picture, and he was like, fuck you. <laughs> you. Oh my god, I totally forgot about my Ligma Father's Day thing popping up on Big Ten Network. <laughs> oh, did it really? <laughs> All right, Brett, your your favorite bar in East Lansing? Harper's. You I love sick, Harper's. You sick bastard. <laughs> it really just honestly, so it completely depends on what you want in a bar. Like, because, like, I was between my, my top one, I was probably between, like, the Rib and Dublin. And, like, so if you want to, if you kind of want, like, Dublin has a dance floor, but you can also just, like, chill in the restaurant area. Harper's, like, if, you, if you're just going to get fucking shit-faced, you don't care if the drinks are all that good. And you're just looking for someone to fucking hump that night. Like Harper's is definitely where you want to be because, like, the yeah, Brett, go Brett's, there, the Brett's smiling. Brett's smiling. Yeah. Fucking yeah, the, the, the football players go there. The basketball players go there. So that's where all the girls go. And and like, believe me, I I get it. But like, I just yeah, I don't know. I guess my perspective is different because I had a girlfriend all through college. Like you know, like we started dating in high school. So like, I never amazing had- flex. I just, I just never had to. I never had to experience. I never had to go look for something to home. Like, Brett, did you? Yeah. Uh, Brett, did you ever backdoor it? No. You never, you never backdoored at Harper's. No. Damn, fucking nerd. 
He winks. And I'm not doing like I'm not making a I'm not making a He's not I'm making not... a sexual innuendo. He's saying, Did you ever go in the back door? There is a way to skip the line. Yeah. Did you ever or like if you're you know if you're not twenty one. No, I actually no. No. I did not. But no, I just Harper's is my it's number nerd. one for me by it's by a mile. I mean, by a I, mile? Yeah, highest success right there. I mean, you have certain like <laughs> buildings on campus where yeah, where you you have the best GPA and like natural sciences building for me. I think I had like a three nine five GPA in there. Wells, I was probably like closer to a three. So you have buildings that you associate with good times, and you have bars. And Harper's for me, I was like stuff. What was Curry, your what was your three. what was your batting? What was your let's what was your OPS at Harper's? Let's combine batting average and slugging. So how often did you hit and how far did you hit it at Harper's? Um, somewhere between Mike Trout. Oh, Jesus. And, Holy no, shit. No, I'm, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't like anything crazy, but I mean, it was better than you. Well, you go to like, I'll get to some of these other ones later, but it wasn't the same as those. All right. Like Rick's, yeah. you got to be a little bit more careful. <laughs> you got some you gotta watch a lot of a lot of knuckle if we're continuing the baseball analogy a lot of knuckleballers at ricks a lot of a oh, lot, lot of knuckleballers yep you gotta be able to change the timing a lot of some probably some probably some moose knucklers too <laughs> <laughs> nope. you want to talk about back jordan at ricks uh, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> all right my second favorite bar in east lansing um, I'm going to go with the Riff. Um, Riff's cool. Uh, you know, it's a place where you can kind of take the parents and they're not going to, like, freak the fuck out. Um, my number like three. PT. You can do PTs that way, too. Uh, yeah. I see, if you... I see, old, people, I see peop, old people all the time when I go to Yeah, the nice thing about the Riff is, like, it doesn't get, it doesn't get like, super crazy on weekends. So if you want to if you want a more chill Friday night, then you can um, you can just kind of go that you can go to the Riv, and like they still have drink specials, so like you're not paying full price, but like PTs on a Friday is nuts because that's basically like the Rick's overflow. I've after seen like um, after ten forty five, yeah after after ten forty five Rick's be wait running receptions at the Riv. Yeah, like full on wedding parties, like the the bride is there in her wedding dress, like at the riv? No, no, no. PT, sorry, PT. Oh. I was like Like on like Friday fuck. night, Saturday nights, like super Never fucking well, good thing you're never wearing that dress again. Um But yeah, I love I love the riv. Um I think you can kind of tell a theme building with my with my uh my list here. Uh, Mitch, you're number two. I'm going to go PTs. I'll leave double for later. I'm going to okay. go PTs. I like PTs. Um, same reasons you do. You know, chill vibe, but like, you can also dance if you want. Um, relatively easy to get drinks. Um, food's all right. Shot wheel. Um tables if you want a table or you can stand at the bar i've played many a game of quarters at pto max yeah. 
many yeah, a game. Yeah, they have the nice, they have nice, they have like the nice plastic, like mini rocks classes. So it's pretty, you know, you don't have to worry about like smashing it 40, 44 plastic cups or smashing glass cups. You can just go, you can go fucking buck wild on those motherfuckers. It's, it's pretty good. Brett, you're number two. Give me the Riv. Okay. Love the Riv, yeah. I mean, you can't really beat Rama and just, just associated with good times. Like, you just went there and it was just always fun. Nice. My number three is the Tin Can. Love the Tin Can. It's very much, it's, it, yeah. I feel like it kind of gets lost in the shuffle on Grand mm-hmm. River there. I love Fucking it. love Tin Can. Tin Can's great. Oh, yeah, there's one in uh, KZ, right? Yeah, I've been to. It. I've been to Lansing one a couple times, but yeah, yeah, me too. It's 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 right next to a um, a plasma center where a guy I went to high school with like got killed there. So it's like really weird to think about. Like I drive by and I see the tin can, and then I see that place. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is weird. All right, and there's a tin can right next to this, but I I really love the Lansing one. Like the environment's great. The one, the one closer to the cat, the one by a uh, Cooley Stadium, yeah. the one by Cooley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's pretty cool. The East Lansing one's great too. Um, love the shot tour. Haven't finished the shot tour yet. I'm going to one day. Yeah, I haven't done that, but putting shots legit. They make uh, these. They make these great like grown up uh, Kool Aid pouches. They're fucking awesome. Great. Darts, beer- they got. They got darts. They, have that they got darts. Yeah, they got darts. They got. I think they have a pool. I think. I think they have a pool table. Um, I might be mixing up tin can and Luhas, but no, I think they moved. I don't think they have a pool table, but like just outside that back room and the darts are. They have a table where you can play. Uh, oh, big, pong. Uh, yeah, they have pong. a pong. Yeah. Okay, pong table. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, just a great. You know, it gets. It doesn't get crazy outside of graduation weekend where people just want to go out. And all the bars are crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I fucking love, fucking love Tin Can. Mitch, you're number three. Tin, yeah, um, I'll go Tin Can. We're just, every, every time someone brings up a bar, uh, I, I keep pushing Dublin down. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go, I like to, yeah, I mean, we just talked about it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a darts guy. I like going, you know, a few drinks, play some, play a couple rounds of darts. Um, that back room is usually not too crowded, and the bar itself usually isn't all that crowded. Pudding shots are fucking awesome. They're so goddamn good. Um, you know, you can have one or two, and if you, you know, if you have to drive, you're not too drunk to do it. Yeah. They also have some great Fago-based cocktails. They make this great uh, Red Pop one. It's awesome. I forget what's in it, but... It's fucking great. It's not rock and rye, is it? Or is it red pop? No, it's red pop. Oh, I don't like either one. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> not, never heard of it. Not a fan. Lucas, so far your contributions to this list have been, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like a popular Fago flavor. And, oh yeah, that's where, what I, that's where someone I went to high school with. <laughs> <It's a diet. laughs> Uh, I kind of thought about it <laughs> when the words escape my mouth. I'm like, uh, you can't pull the e-brake on this one. <laughs> that's a downer. <laughs> you just went, oh, well, that's a downer. Oh, well. But I agree with, like, yeah, I like Tin Can and uh, The Riv a lot. That, that was just my contribution. You guys have said, you guys have said it. 
you, you don't miss. So I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. All right, Brett. Number three, PTs. I think, I mean, for me, that's the, I would rank it a little bit higher, but some of the times I've gone there, just had troubles with like the bouncers and stuff. It just, I mean, that's more so like on the people I was with, just like <laughs> being dicks. But um, no, it, I mean, it's a great bar. Like you guys, I think uh, Mitch said, it's easy to get a drink there. Um, there's always a good atmosphere. But for me, that's always going to be below Harper's and uh, the Riv, depending on the day. All right. My number four, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a disclaimer out there. Crunchy's isn't on this list because Crunchy clo- Crunchy's closes at like 9 p.m. So I don't well, consider – What? Every on time the weekends? I, yeah. They no. close at like 11. 2 a.m. What? Crunchy's is open until – Crunchies is open until 2 a.m. on the weekends. What the fuck? Every time I try, every time I try to go to country, every time I tried to go to countries, crunchies, I couldn't get in. I might have been too fucked up to get let in, but right. I just crunchies has been closed every time I tried to go there. Fridays and Saturdays, at least at the very least, it's two a.m. and they do karaoke, so it's karaoke is like nine to midnight or one, and then they close at the two. Fuck, that's fucked up. All right. Mm-hmm. All right but continue. Yeah, continue. All right. So, but Crunchies is on my list, but I do love it. A lot of love for Crunchies. Uh, number four on my list, I'm going with Peanut Barrel. Mm, great, great chill bar. Um, great food. Awesome burgers. Um, and great, you know, $5 Long Island. Impeccable. And you know it's never it's never crowded, it's always chill. You know it's a good kind of just like grab a it's few. Good place to wind down. Yeah, it's a good place if you're just like you don't want to get fucked up. Maybe you had a hard week and you just want to like you're going hard Saturday. Maybe you just want to go out for a few drinks Friday with some friends. Peanut Barrel's awesome. Grab dinner, get a few drinks. It's like a it's like the closest to an adult bar you're gonna get in East Lansing. I don't disagree. So, um, I should have put Crunchy's higher. I wasn't even thinking about Crunchy's, so I was thinking of it as a restaurant. But uh, so since I forgot Crunchy's, I'll, I'll go with Crunchy's. I'll, I'll love Crunchy's karaoke on Friday and Saturday nights. Amazing, great burgers, great pizza. Um, you know, pizza nugs and bu- buckets of food. Pizza like, nugs are bu- pizza nugs are out of control. Yeah, buckets of beer, like solid. Um, yeah, that's gonna be. Well, I have a feeling that the beer buckets are going to be a COVID casualty. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, but yeah, no. And they won't even let you without four people. Yeah. Fucking Crunchies is dope. I do like Crunchies. Yeah. So I'll go Crunchies at four. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, go ahead. I'll, yeah, I'll copy Mitch. I'm, I'll go with Crunchies at four. You really can't beat, like, the beer bucket. I mean, the food there for all the bars is probably the best. Um, I mean, I'll eat there without any – without drinking at all. I mean, they got some good food. So, I mean, kind of like a theme of all the bars, like, you just go there and have a good time, like, just a normal, chill bar. So. All right. So, my number five. Now, I know all I've done this whole time is give this place shit. 
Let me go with Harper's. Let me work up Harper's, my. Yeah. Let me work up. Shut the fuck up! I haven't said it yet. Let me work <laughs> up. Let me work up my Stephen A. Smith impression. Hold on. However, <laughs> uh, this have- is the first. This is the first place I tried to go to after I turned twenty-one. I turned twenty-one on Super Bowl Sunday, on midnight after Super Bowl after a Super Bowl Sunday. Tried to go. It was closed. I had to go somewhere else. But it was the first bar. It was the first bar I I went to and got fucked up at in East Lansing. And I give it a lot of shit. The line is always out of control. But it's always the first place me and my friends try to go to. Whatever we go out, fucking sticky Ricky's baby. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, sticky Rick's is it's an experience. Listen, right? Like, think about it, right? You're you're a junior in college on a Friday night. I'm not going to fucking Peanut Barrel. I love Peanut Barrel, but I'm not like if I'm going out with like a group of like ten people, we're not going to fucking Peanut Barrel. We're going we're gonna try the line at Rick's, right? We are. So, you know, it's got to make the list at least for that, at least for that purpose, (laughs) right? Just because it's the first place everyone tries to go to, and then depending on how busy Rick's is determines the determines the busyness of the other bars in the area. You know what I mean? If Rick's is, if Rick's is pretty tame, then you just go to Rick's. If Rick, if like the line at Rick's like goes past a tattoo shop, you go to Harper's. If the line at Rick's is, is like around the corner, Harper's line is crazy. So you go to Dublin. If Dublin's line is crazy, you go to Luha's. And then if Luha's line is crazy, you just fucking go home. Luha's wasn't a thing when I was in college. Yeah, well, Luha's kind of, they kind of, uh, I, yeah, they, they started doing Thursday night. They started doing uh, mug night on Thursday nights. So I don't know how, I don't know if that started when you guys were there or not, but. Just, Luha's was not one of the more popular bars when I was. I went to a mug night. Plus, they weren't, um, they were very liberal with their admittance policy, so. You know, that's, that's the key. That's the key for any bar who wants to get popular in East Lansing. You just kind of got to go. You're yeah, good. good to know. Yep. Proceed. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the idea of the tobacco companies in like the fifties. It's like, you got to build the customer base early. Yeah. You know, those I, pay, um... it pays dividends later. So Sticky Ricky's my number five. Makes you number five. Would it be bad if I didn't even put Dublin, even though I've mentioned it every done? <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. I think it would look pretty fucking stupid if you didn't pick Dublin. Okay, I guess I'll pick Dublin. But honorable mention to Pepino's R.I.P. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like Dublin. Dublin, uh, you know, it's got the bar restaurant side and then it's got like the club side. So if like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be on the club side, um, you can just kind of go chill on the bar restaurant side. It's got good food. Um, it's big, so it doesn't get like super crowded. Um, like, you know, there's always, there's, there's usually enough room to like maneuver and you're not like piled on top of people all the time. Yeah. Also, um, also underrated brunch. I don't know if they still do it, but they did do brunch and it was pretty underrated. 
you know, the, if the lineup, if beggars ever got two out, if you woke up at like nine 30, you're not going to beggars. You're not getting in at beggars. And if you don't want to go to Hopcat and just fucking shit fire. Yeah. So to talking about my, my honorable mention, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, well, at least not in its current, in, in its former state. Pepino's was legit because you could go to Rama at, at the Riv. And then when it ended at three o'clock or four o'clock or whenever the hell Rama ended, you could walk across the street to Pepino's and you hit the last like hour of their $3 pizza deal and like their like early bird kind of like thing so like you'd go to rama get fucked up walk across the street get a three dollar pizza or a dollar pizza or whatever the hell it was when did that close i don't even remember that place uh i want to say it was it had like probably 2015 or 2016 i guess yeah i started like i started fall 15. So the big the big post bar thing was always the stagger home. You go to uh, yeah, Cottage I mean, Inn and get the you go you go to Cottage Inn and you get the stagger home. Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm talking about like three o'clock in the afternoon. So like you oh, go to Rama man. early. You go you go to Rama early in the morning. Like you're fucking hammered and you want food. Rama ends at three o'clock or whatever it is, and then you stumble across the street and get a three dollar pizza at Pepino's and whatever their drink specials were. Yeah, I didn't do a, uh, I didn't do much uh, casual weekday drinking as a freshman, so that makes sense that I never, I never heard of it. Uh, Brett, you're number five. Yeah, I got to go with probably the first college bar I went to, and uh, that'd be that'd be Rick's, Rick's American Bar. Fuck yeah, baby, just, Rick's American I mean, Cafe. Rick's baby. American Cat, Richard Richards American Cafe. Like I've been to the one in Ann Arbor, and it's it, it sucks. It's nicer, it's nicer, but it sucks. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, like a, yeah, like I've heard it's just like it's just like too classy. No, yeah, yeah it's, it's too it's too nice. It, it throws, it's not Rick's. It's not Rick's. You'll feel, it's like you'll Richard's. Feel it. It's got to be sticky and gross, man. No, it's it's, oh, it's 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 exactly like you expect Ann Arbor Rick's to be. It's pretentious <laughs> and too clean. And they don't run the same specials. I hate it. No. I fucking hate. It's, it's I don't like Ann Arbor as a city. Yeah, Ann Arbor. Just sucks. from a pure, yeah, just does, from a pure, like, just from a pure city planning standpoint, I hate and Ann Arbor. You want to know the worst part? East Lansing is trying to copy an Ann Arbor esque model and turn everything into a high rise. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's thirty-seven thousand high-rise apartments. I was talking to somebody in our Bacon Wire network about that who used to work for a city planner in East Lansing, and they want to build two more high-rises on ground. Yeah, they tried to build one. They tried to build one over Dublin. They're building one. Well, the Dublin, the one over Dublin would have been kind of cool. I mean, like, it would have sucked because Dublin closed, but, like, they were going to put a movie theater in there and underground. uh, They were going to do, like, underground automated parking. Mm and shit like that would have been kind of legit but um but it would have sucked because Dublin would have been gone uh but they just closed freaking QD um and they're gonna smack another high rise there yeah and Grand River and Gunson yeah and then um like shit people are gonna start like having to like walk to get their alcohol in that area like well no Big Ten Big Ten isn't Big Ten still there it's gone what been gone been gone for two or three years I went to. I got Big Ten. I got booze at Big Ten St. Patrick's Day 2018. What the fuck? It was the last day it was open. 
Yeah, that might have been literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. gone. QD's gone. Like, I don't know. Where's the closest, like, liquor store? Seven. Well, se- I don't cars. know. Does the Seven Eleven? The Seven Eleven on Bogue, they sell beer, but they don't sell liquor. I don't. I don't know what they do. I haven't been there since they reopened because they closed it and then built a high rise on top of it and then reopened it in the basement of said high rise. Along with Georgios, they knocked down the Georgios there and rebuilt it. It's not Georgios if it doesn't. It's not Georgios if it doesn't look like shit on the inside. <laughs> I don't clean Georgios. I, I've never been to that. I've never been to that Georgios. I've only ever been to the one across the street from Beatups. Yeah, that's I the closest in, thing to New York pizza you get in East Lansing. I fucking love Georgios. And it, I lived in Cedar Village, so that's Ooh. I went to that Georgios all the time. Got me a slice of their, uh, got me a slice of their like four cheese pizza, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so the worst bar in East Lansing. This might come as a shock. I'm not going to say Harper's, Brett. Don't worry. Yeah, you could say Harper's. I wouldn't get offended. No, I mean, I, you know, Harper's is fine. I worked at Harper's for like two weeks. My first shift, someone offered me a bump of Coke, and I'm like, that's very kind of you. <laughs> um, he he was kept, it, was, was he kept saying, yeah, he kept saying, <laughs> he, he kept saying that he was snacking. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that was about. Hey, right, guys, but, I got to um, get going, so I'll talk to you later. All right, see you, Lucas. Thanks, guys. Lucas. Good night. Yep. You too. And, uh, but the worst bar in East Lansing is fucking Fieldhouse. I hate Fieldhouse. It sucks. The cover's always 10 bucks. The, the athletes are always there. So, like, they're always, like, super, mm. um, they're always super weird about, like, who they let in because they have, like, so many athletes there. Interesting. I've ne- I never had, I've never and had that issue. Every time I go there, someone has gotten their legitimate ID taken away. Like, they don't believe anyone has a real ID ever. Like, literally, my buddy who, who lives in Minnesota has a Minnesota ID. He had to show, like, eight forms of ID <laughs> one time. It was a Sunday afternoon. The, bu- the place was fucking dead. And all we wanted to do was split a bucket. And he had to, like, fucking bust out his credit card, his debit card, his student ID. Like, all this fucking shit. And then he went back another time and he got it taken away. He had to call the fucking cops to get his ID back. Jesus. He had to fucking pull a Karen. Fieldhouse sucks. Fieldhouse fucking sucks. Mitch, what's your worst bar? Honestly, I don't think I've ever had like a bad experience necessarily at any of the bars like downtown. Uh I mean, I guess the gr- – I don't want to say Rick's, but, like, that's just, like, the grossest bar. That's really all Rick's is. Like, it, it just – you know, Rick's builds character. Um, <laughs> Rick's is good for your immune system. People shouldn't yeah, be going but, to Harper's. They should be going to Rick's. <laughs> I'm gonna, I guess I'll go with Harper's. And I, I really don't even hate Harper's. And But, I mean, it's always packed and – I haven't been there since they didn't they add like the the cool tables where it like fills your like you can fill your own like drink or something like that. Didn't yeah, they but they only have it during they only they turn it off at like nine p.m. I think I don't think they. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So I'll go with Harper's, just, like just only because like there's always a billion people there. Like, 
and it's pain they have to get in and they're dumb enough to let a bajillion people in during a global pandemic so clearly they're fucking <laughs> stupid um <laughs> i can't even honestly i can't even blame for that if you know whatever i mean they gotta make money so whatever yeah um so yeah i guess i'll go harper's even though i don't really hate it all that much uh, I yeah. don't hate any of the bars. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Mitch. I really never had a bad experience, but if I had to pick the worst one, it would have to be Rick's. Just how gross it is! Like, you, if you have to pee, you're you're just don't even bother. Like, you, you're going to you contract get something. To, you, you get yeah, you get syphilis from stepping foot in the bathroom <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, in everyone, if you've been to Rick's like at least once, you've seen something there, or you've heard some type of horror story of what goes on. Like, it's disgusting. So, it's, it's like uh, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's nicknamed sticky, sticky Ricky. It's, like it's international sticky waters. It's, it's international. There's no laws. Yeah, <laughs> it's its own like Chaz. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 an <laughs> autonomous zone in East Lansing. Yeah, yeah, it does it does what it wants. I I, I don't, you want know what? I've I've never been there, but I have to argue that Land Shark is probably one of the worst bars because they can't even, they're so bad they can't even manage to stay fucking open. Well, here's the thing. The only thing Landshark, coming from someone who had to plan a lot of group events, Landshark is great because they have open availability. And, like, they're pretty – no one goes there. Yeah. Well, I was talking to um, – my friend's mom went to MSU, and she said that was, like, the spot. So it's up for sale right now. Do you guys know what it's up for sale for? Ten bucks. No. Well, no. Come on. It's $275,000. With the liquor license, do you know how much of a steal that is? Do you know how much That's liquor a, yeah. licenses cost? Because nobody goes there. Well, I think the main problem with Land Shark is that there's a fucking full service kitchen. Who's gonna go to a basement to get full to get food? I I mean I would if it was good, but like no one go like <laughs> no, I think they wouldn't. opened. I think they opened and closed three times while I was there. I don't know. I think Landshark. Why? Why do I care if something's in a basement or if it's in like if it has good food? Like, give me any. Are you kidding? I'm fat. I don't give a shit where my food comes from. I want to taste good. <laughs> I think Landshark. That's not gonna give me. Landshark's like, gonna. Landshark, I think, is gonna start eating Harper's lunch after all this COVID stuff. I think Landshark's next for the comeback. Just get rid of Noodles and Company. They, does not belong there. Fucking bring They're back, kids. bring back Didn't Abbott Conrad's. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. We should start a petition for that. We should take to the streets. I mean, it is, it's, it's literally right across the street from Crunchy. It's only <laughs> yeah. I know, but although, there was something about we, there was something about walking into that Abbott Conrad's. You always saw you always saw two people at at a booth about to make out or making out, here, and you always saw someone waiting by the bathrooms, and you always saw someone about to fight. Well, uh, hey, hey, Brett, if we if we move Conrad's back to Abbott, um, like right at the corner, can we bring Goombas back, or is that not allowed? Just for, I mean, the pokey sticks are so good, I can deal with I the bad pizza. Okay, like, there we go. It's just cheap, like, who cares? Yeah, it, no, it was cheap. I just had one horrible experience, so that's nah, why I kind of... But Goomba's like, I mean, it was like just a decent college pizza. Yeah. I I know the I know the Jared or sorry Spartan Dog was talking about my bad. Um, yeah, you can edit that. It out. is it is your fucking uh, bad. 
It is. You can just edit that. Out. <laughs> uh, Spartan Dog was talking earlier about uh, Cottage Inn. I've known the owner of that Cottage Inn since I was like ten. Yeah, he's yeah. That guy's that guy's that guy's a prime candidate for a uh, yeah. for for a canceling. That guy's a that guy's a prime. Sure. That guy's Mr. a prime cancellation. Mister Hoover. It's either him or one of the managers, one of the guys who works at night there all the time. He's a George prime. Hoover is like a old old fat guy, salt and pepper beard, partially bald. Yeah, there's some like there's some bald, fat bald guy who works there all the time at nights, and he hits on all the sorority chicks who go there for stagger homes. Ooh, yeah. Prime cancellation candidate, that man. Oh, man. Our guy. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's wrap all this right. up. So to recap all, tar- all our top five, mine goes PT's, Riv, Tin Can, Peanut Barrel, uh, Ricks. Mitch, what's yours? I said Riv, PT's, Tin Can, Crunchies, and five was I said Dublin with an honorable mention to Pepinos. R.I.P. Alright. Brett? Then I, I want Harper's, Riv, uh, PT's, then I went Crunchies, and then uh, Sticky Rickies. Alright. So there you go. If you're in the East Lansing area, those are the places to visit. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go green. Go white.